Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. Stand up for your country. So now the investigations begin about Afghanistan. Four committees in Congress, two Senate, two House, will now look into exactly what happened. And that will come pretty fast. So we're going to lay this all out for you because it's going to be very controversial. So we'll begin, as we always do, with uh, President Biden's schedule. Put it on up there. At 2 o'clock, he met with the president of Ukraine. Putin's causing a lot of trouble in Ukraine. So that wasn't a useless meeting. And then at 4.30, he did something that, you know, nobody knows what that is. And very light schedule, as usual, for uh, Mr. Biden. Um, now, reaction to uh, his speech yesterday. So as you know, we had Senator Joseph Lieberman on the broadcast, and I thought the senator was very honest. And he said, you know, Joe Biden is not the man that he used to be. And Lieberman knows him very well. I thought that was the most important part of the interview. Lieberman obviously disagrees with uh, the Biden administration in almost every aspect of the Afghan situation. Um, but the liberal press is trying to get away from it, as I told you. Exception is the Washington Post, a couple of days ago, put it on up on the screen. They editorialized, editorialized, as security worsened in the wake of the horrific terrorist attack at the airport last Thursday, and as U.S. troops prepared for their own departure on Monday, time and space ran out for these people. This is a moral disaster. He's talking about the people left behind in Afghanistan. One attributable not to actions of military and diplomatic personnel in Kabul, who have been courageous and professional in the face of deadly dangers, but to mistakes strategic and tactical by Mr. Biden and his administration, unquote, from the editorial. Now, that is uh, absolutely true. But you must think back about the Washington Post's um, coverage of the presidential race last year. The same editorial board said this, quote, the Democratic nominee, former Vice President Joe Biden, is exceptionally well qualified by character and experience to meet the daunting challenges that the nation will face over the coming four years. So you could make a case the Washington Post and other liberal media are responsible for this moral disaster partially responsible, right? And then there's the TV media. I'm only going to run one soundbite because you know it. You know what's happening there. This is from CNN. Go. You're hearing a lot of Republicans who are outraged over President Biden's handling of the exit, especially in the so-called Freedom Caucus. Yet they support the former guy, the one who set all of this in motion in the first place. The hypocrisy is off the charts, and it is sickening. Okay, so Donald Trump had nothing to do with the evacuation of Afghanistan. Yeah, he made a deal with the Taliban, but it was a different deal than Biden had. But that guy, I mean, he said, oh, no, no, Trump, Trump did all this. It was Trump's fault. Now, we've heard that time and time again over the last two weeks. But I just want to tell you, that was last night. This is the mantra. Okay, it's nothing to do with Trump. This evacuation was totally the Biden administration, 100 percent. 
Now, it's very interesting in the New York Times, even more militant and more pro-Biden than the Washington Post. They haven't said a word in the last two weeks. Not a word. No editorial, no anything. Silence. Now, why? Why is that? Because the New York Times knows that 85% of its readership loves Biden, voted for Biden. So this is a money play. It's the same thing that cable TV is into. We make our money from the right. So we're going to say stuff that the right wants to hear. Same thing correspondingly on the left. But a newspaper, the nation's quote unquote most prestigious newspaper, doesn't say a word on its editorial page about the Afghan disaster. The corruption has, has, has now reached such a level, I, I, it's unprecedented in this country. I'll Bernie Goldberg on tomorrow to talk about it. Now, a lot of stuff coming out of Afghanistan isn't true. And I was on the radio with Sean Hannity today, and we discussed that a little bit. Um, that some things reported in the conservative media uh, are false. And it's my job to correct the record as best I can for you. Let's start with the guy dangling from the helicopter. Put that picture up there. Okay, so this came out on Monday, uh, August 30th. And uh, it looks like that guy was hung and carried around by the Taliban. And that indeed was reported on a number uh, of news agencies. And Ted Cruz, the senator, he, he said it as well in a tweet. Now, it's not true. So the guy on the helicopter, and we don't know the circumstances surrounding it, but he had a harness on, he wasn't hanging, and CNN reports that he was waving, uh, moving freely. Now, CNN is not reliable, not a reliable source of information. But we don't know what that was all about. And to say the Taliban did it to hang the guy, you can't do that unless you know, and we don't know. Then there are the 90 retired generals who called on um, Chief of Staff Milley to resign following disastrous Afghan withdrawal. Okay, so 90 generals get together and they say, look, Milley's got to go. They're called the flag officers for America. Now, Milley should go. I mean, he's a woke guy and he's got no credibility and uh, nobody trusts him and he's done. He should resign with honor. But... He might, maybe, but this crew is political. This flag officers for uh, America, in May, they signed a letter basically saying that the election wasn't legitimate. Now, there's nothing wrong with generals saying that they, in their opinion, the election wasn't legitimate. But when you report what they say subsequently, you have to put the group into context. It is an anti-Biden group. That's all you have to say. You can report what they do, but you have to say who they are. And again, the media doesn't do it. Finally, the dog situation. Now, you know, uh, I have Holly the Terror dog, and, and I uh, support a lot of uh, charities that help abused animals. You know, I give my money to them. So the... Initial report was American military dogs were left behind in Afghanistan. And everybody went, why? That's not true. All of, according to Pentagon, all of 
the military dogs are out. The dogs that remain are private dogs. And there is a woman, Charlotte Maxwell Jones, and she's still in Afghanistan trying to save these dogs. And we respect Ms. Maxwell Jones immensely for trying to do this. So they are dogs of private citizens. Now, as you may know, Muslim in a Muslim culture, they hate dogs. They'll kill the dogs. And I don't know whether Biden knows that or not. He doesn't know very much. But these dogs will be killed unless they're flown out of there. So this um, Kabul small rescue unit is trying to do that. But the Pentagon's not helping them. Therein lies the story. It's not that the U.S. military abandoned the dogs. That is false. But the Pentagon won't help get these dogs out. And I'm sure they could be adopted all over the world. Why? Why not help? Again, we are here to give you honest information. All right. So once again, it's the Cobble Small Animal Rescue founded by Charlotte Maxwell Jones. I believe she's still over there. Um, she may have gotten out, but she's trying to get these dogs saved. And if you can help them out, you should, in my opinion. All right. So as I said, top of the broadcast. Now we go on to the investigation. There are four bodies in the House and Senate going to do it. The Foreign Affairs Committee, the chairman is uh, Democrat Gregory Meeks in the House. Okay. The Armed Services Committee, the chairman is Adam Smith in the House. The Senate Armed Services Committee, Jack Reed is chairman. Foreign Relations Committee, Bob Menendez of New Jersey chairman. All four of those chairmen are, of course, Democrats because the Democrats hold the power in both the Senate and the House. Joining us now is former Republican Congressman Peter King. He served for 18 years, served our country for 18 years, and he was the House Homeland Security Committee chair from 2011 to 2013. So in, in these committees, we've seen partisan displays almost every time there's something investigated. Best is Brett Kavanaugh, which was a disgraceful expedition. Do you think that this Afghan stuff is going to be partisan with the Democrats in charge? It will be partisan, but the four chairmen you're talking about there are among the more normal Democrats, if I can put it that way. It's not going to be, I hope, uh, uh, not similar to the uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh extravaganza that went on. That was just a disgrace. Uh, thank God it's not Adam Schiff that he's not uh, involved, or Benny Thompson, the Homeland Security Committee. They'd be much more uh, partisan. But what is important here is they, it, I hope the chairman themselves, Jack Reed also, he's a West Point graduate, he's a pretty dedicated guy, that they have some leverage here or they have some leeway in which way the uh, committees are going to go. It could well be that Chuck Schumer is going to control the Democratic hearings or the Senate hearings and Nancy Pelosi, the, uh, the House hearings. And they can do that with pressure. They can just uh, sort of you know, you know, uh, put their foot down and put limitations on how long the, the hearings are going to go how many witnesses can be called. And generally, the majority party calls two or three, two of the three witnesses or three of the four witnesses, depending on how many panels you have. So you can stack the uh, uh, investigation in a way that it can cover up what's happening. And then in that case, it's really up to the Republicans to do their work. And in the time available to them with their questioning, that they really ask tough questions. And they it's not just enough to ask questions that day, like if Blinkley's out there or Secretary Austin, 
know, they can filibuster and they can, uh, you know, during a three-minute or five-minute uh, question and answer session, they can uh, run out the clock. So it's important to have research done beforehand, have sources in the Defense Department, in the State Department, people who know what's going on in the White House and find out what Joe Biden knew, when he knew it. Did he ever approach this with an open mind? Or did he just come in and tell his people, I want us out of uh, Afghanistan no matter what? Did he ever consider, for instance, maintaining a, uh, a small base of operations out of Afghanistan? Did he ever consider extending the time? And instead, uh, it, it appears if, as if he put pressure on the Afghans to move more quickly and to put a more rosy picture on it that was really happening. So a lot's going to depend on the Republicans in the minority. I think Menendez and Reid will be reasonably fair in the uh, uh, Senate. Greg Meeks, I know him fairly well. They're going to be un un under uh, pressure. And also Adam Smith of the four of them is probably the guy who would be considered most pro-military, if you will, uh, a pro-strong uh, national defense. But it's going to be tough. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, I can't and, imagine the Democrats throwing Biden under the bus, trying to hurt Biden. Um, I, I just can't imagine it. So uh, the, even the witnesses that are going to be called, are you telling me that only the Democrats have the power to name the witnesses they want, or do the Republicans, they can call one? Is that what you said? Generally, the way it's done is if there's going to be four, it depends on how many panels, how many series of witnesses, but usually one-third or one-quarter of the witnesses can be called by the minority party. I think what the Democrats are going to try to do is obfuscate and create this equivalence between Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden, and they're also going to go back probably to George W. Bush, and they're going to try and make this just one big confusing situation. And yeah, Joe Biden wasn't perfect, but he made the best of a bad situation. I think right. that's what they're going to try and say. Not give an outright defense. They're going to say, but the poor guy, he made the best of a terrible situation that he was left. Now, if you lie before the committees, that's a felony, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. So, but you don't have to answer a yes or no question, even if the Republicans do research and do have facts. You can ask a question to, I don't know, Blinken or whoever is there. And Blinken doesn't really have to answer it. Um, it's not like me interviewing you. If you don't answer, I can come in and, you know, browbeat you on the air. They can't do that, right? Well, they can try, but then their five minutes will run out. And then, then you know, the time will go over to a Democrat who will try to rehabilitate Blinken. So now, generally, a clever witness can run out the clock. And if he doesn't want to give an honest answer, uh, but not necessarily give a dishonest answer, he can uh, put out a confusing message and he yeah. can delay it, use a lot of big words. And, uh, and then they say, you know, time's expired. That's bloviating. Um, Here you go. Uh, I don't know whether you saw the interview last night that we did with Senator Lieberman, um, but it was quite something because he's a very knowledgeable guy, a Democrat, and, but he knows as much about the world as anyone. And his uh, point of view on Afghanistan is, uh, you know, 180 degrees opposite the president's. But the thing that I asked him was, you know, Joe Biden for decades, you served with Biden, you were friendly with Biden. OK, is he a diminished man? And Lieberman said, yeah. Do you see that? I mean, I, you don't know Biden as much because you're in the House, but I, I think that this is getting to be a crisis as far as his ability to actually do the job as president. Yeah, let me say two things. First of all, with Joe Biden, you cannot get a more honorable, decent, or straightforward guy 
with no rancor or malice at all in Joe Biden. He's absolutely probably the best person I met in the whole 28 years I, I was down in Congress. That's number one. Number are you two. talking about Biden or are you talking about Lieberman? Uh, I'm sorry, Joe Lieberman. I'm yeah, Joe Lieberman. you said Biden, so oh, I, meant, okay, I, just, Joe Lieberman. I just saved yeah. your butt now, Congressman. So you're absolutely. talking Thank about you. Joseph Lieberman, not Joe, Joe Lieberman. Biden. Go Joe ahead. Lieberman is, is honest and, uh, in fact, more honest and has more uh, class and quality than anyone I ever met in Congress. Uh, now, as far as Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden, uh, I didn't know him obviously as well as Joe Lieberman, but uh, did, but I met him a number of times. And yeah, I, I always felt that even though sometimes he would say some flaky things or whatever, but he was pretty sharp. He, uh, his, his eyes were sort of penetrating. He, he would look at you when he was talking. And now he has that sort of vague look in his eye and he seems to be wondering. And uh, no, I think, listen, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But I definitely think that Joe Biden has has slipped. And, you know, the level of it would have to look at. But no, he's, he's definitely slipped. Do you have any information or opinion on who is the real power in the White House right now? I'm only going on secondhand information. I've heard Susan Rice may have much more uh, in, uh, impact than she uh, should. And she, of course, will be very close to the Obamas. So you, maybe you can add, up, you know, two and two there and get four. Hopefully it's not two and two, it's five. But I mean, it's, uh, uh, I, I don't think Blinken really is that in, influential. No. Uh, so I, I don't know who it is. I mean, uh, you know, Ron Klink is the chief of staff. He's, uh, I think it's Ron Klink, Ron Klein. He's always, uh, he's a pretty able guy. But I, I don't know with, with, with uh, uh, President Biden, even like in Afghanistan. I mean, everything he said has been wrong from the beginning. And uh, listen, he could have a, a, a policy I can strongly disagree with if he has coherent reasons for it. That's his prerogative as president. I just feel he's uh, just, you know, just running loose here. Okay, Congressman, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much for helping us out. And you can hear the Congressman on WABC Radio. Uh, I interact with him there sometimes. And uh, very nice of you to help us out, Congressman. We'll talk again. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's get to COVID. According to Bloomberg, and that news agency is okay, not top of the line, but it's okay. They say COVID is slowing. I predicted that would happen, but I'm not sure that the Bloomberg report is accurate. All right, so uh, there are more vaccinations. In July, the average was about 500,000 a day, all right, vaccinations. Now it's 900,000, an 80% increase. And that's because 
A lot of people aren't going to be able to go to work uh, if they're not vaccinated. So because there are more vaccinated Americans, the rate of COVID looks like it's coming down. Seven-day average of New Delhi hospital admissions fell 2%, all right, uh, last week. First drop since June 27th. Now, I hope I'm right. I hope the more Americans get vaccinated, the fewer cases we will have. I think I am right. I think I'll be able to report to you in a month, on October 1st, that it's subsided dramatically. Um, but deaths of the last two weeks from COVID deaths up 93% over the previous two weeks. So this Delta variant is vicious and it spreads very quickly. Consumer confidence falling to a six month low. That's obvious. I mean, if you're restrained in certain areas of the country from doing business, from going out, consumer confidence will wane. Now, here's an interesting story. One of the countries that really got hammered by COVID is Ireland. Okay, and I was supposed to go there in June of 2020. And my trip was canceled. I go every two years to Ireland. Now, Ireland is opening on October 22nd across the board. Okay, pubs are opening. No mask mandate, no vax mandate, nothing whole country's opening for business and they have really suffered. There are 5 million Irish in the Republic. Okay. They've suffered because tourism is everything there. Now, why are they reopening? What's going on there? That's different. 90% of the Irish people of the 5 million, 90% are vaccinated. So the transmission rate, the hospitalization, the death way, way, way down. Now, if that doesn't prove, the efficiency of the vaccine, nothing does. All right, so I thought you'd like to know that. I'm going to Ireland next June, 22. Um, looking forward to it. One of the best places on earth, even if you're not Irish. Um, 90% Irish vaccinated. Ida, so in Louisiana, million residents still without power. Mississippi, about 37,000 out without power. New Orleans, no power. No gas, no water. Wow, big easy. Um, death toll six so far. So Ida's up here now in the northeast. Uh, it's just raining basically up here. Um, and these storms, you know, they've been with us since the dawn of America. Right? And storms will always be here. You know, to blame them on global warming, uh, you know, I don't know. All right, New York City is a mess. Um, most of you know that and aren't going to come here, but you should know how bad it is. So the five district attorneys, and one of them, Michael McMahon in Staten Island, there are five boroughs in New York City. McMahon's doing a good job. But the other four, Melinda Katz, Queens, Cy Vance, Manhattan, Eric Gonzalez, Brooklyn, Darcel Clark, the Bronx, not prosecuting anybody, 6,500 accused felons were let go. They dropped the cases, 6,500 so far this year. Um, I mean, it's crazy. I'm sorry, last year, 6,500 last year, 2020. 
and they say COVID, but those 6,500, a good percentage of them are violent people and they're back out on the street. 6,500 wound prosecute. Uh, murder up 47%, um, shooting up 166% New York City. And the Department of Ed in New York City wants to do away with honor rolls because they are, quote, detrimental to students not making the grade. Quote, the DOE wants schools to widen recognition to include contributions to the school or wider community and demonstrations of social justice and integrity. So academics. Now, my tuition were both on the National Honor Society, okay? And now in New York City, they want to do away with that. Is that fair? Really? Oh, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And here's something that really, this surprised me. Wait, wait do you hear this? So the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill traditionally is a fine school. It is no longer the Tar Heels, okay? So at that school, they are offering a course called Global Whiteness, taught by Dr. Mark Driscoll, okay? And in the overview of the course, this is printed, it says, quote, whiteness has emerged in the last several years as an interdisciplinary arena of academic inquiry, drawing from fields of critical race studies, cultural studies, empire studies, and international politics to focus on the historical, cultural, and political aspects of people phenotypically understood in difference as white. So we're going to, at the University of North Carolina, we're going to have a course on white people, but they're bad, according to the course. <laughs> Let me back that up. Fact-based broadcast. Okay. Again, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So examples of student presentation topics in the global whiteness course, how Trump is racist, black, white hooking up at UNC. White trash, slavery and UNC, the skull shape and size of white people, the 1619 Project, neo-Confederate pride for white people, and lynching in America. This is the course. Now, I'm telling you, yes, you don't have to take the course. The students don't have to do that. But why would the college president allow this racist course to exist? What if you had a course that said Jews are bad? You'd be arrested. You'd be charged. You can't. White people are people. Homeschooling. Unbelievable stats. This comes from Bellwether Education Partners, commissioned by the Walton Family Foundation. Nearly 2.6 million children have switched from traditional school to homeschool since the pandemic began. All right. Comprised of 12% Hispanic, 9% Asian, 16% of blacks. Okay. And 
Let's see, that adds up to 28.37, so it would be 43% of whites. Now, some went to private school um, because the number of kids who have switched schools since COVID is 9 million. Some went to private, some went home. But the homeschool, again, has doubled. So if you are going to homeschool your children and your grandparents have to get involved, use my history books because I've written a number of them for children. And if you're over the age of 12, you can read Killing Lincoln, Killing Kennedy, Killing the Rising Sun, Killing Patton, Killing England. Those books are fun to read. They'll not use them in public schools. Some private schools do use them. And I I did hear that some school districts are using my books in high school. Um, But boy, oh boy, there's a big opportunity in history right there. Homeschooling, the downside is that you want to be socialized with the urchins. Their friends mean a lot to them in the teen years. You don't have that at homeschooling unless you're in clubs like the Boy Scouts and stuff like that. Um, And Girl Scouts always want to be equal. All right, this day in history, September 1st, 1985, the Titanic was found at the bottom of the North Atlantic Ocean, 2.5 miles down, 400 miles east of Newfoundland, Canada. Okay, so let's go over it, because this is a fascinating story. On April 15th, 1912, at 2.20 a.m., the Titanic hit an iceberg, an enormous iceberg. Two hours and 40 minutes later, it was underwater. Okay? 1,517 people perished out of 2,223 on board. So you can see two-thirds of the Titanic passengers died because they didn't have enough lifeboats. And the rich people got the lifeboats before the poor people. 61% of the passengers who did survive were first-class passengers. Okay, now. There was a survivor, a baby, two months old, Melvina Dean. She survived. She died in 2009 at the age of 97. Isn't that amazing? The reason the Titanic was discovered in 1985 is because of a submersible named Argo. It was technology. So now they can send uh, unmanned, and in some cases manned, vehicles to the bottom of the ocean, 2.5 miles down, okay, and they, and they found it. There were 6,000 artifacts preserved in the wreck because the water was so cold, all right? Violin, perfectly preserved, first-class lunch menu, uh, a letter written on Titanic stationery before the ship sank, pocket watch, fur coat worn by a stewardess who survived the wreck, um, and a number of other things. So that was discovered in 1985. And of course, the movie Titanic became the first film ever to gross $1 billion this day in history. Back with your mail and a final thought on narcissism. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, let's get to the mail. Chris, on the message board, concierge member, Chris has direct access to me. We hope you check out that program. The murder of 13 Marines is an extraordinary success, says President Biden. My view is that he's passed Carter as the worst ever. That statement did snap my head back, as I told Hannity on the radio, and you can listen to that interview on BillOReilly.com. Anthony McChrystal, Massapequa, New York, Hey, Bill, on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, once again, our country will mourn and the Taliban will celebrate. How long do you think our soldiers, how long before our soldiers will return? I don't think they're going back on the ground. Bombing? Yes. Beverly Baldzell, Portland, Oregon. I heard President Trump had two conditions that had to be met before we withdrew from Afghanistan. I heard President Biden say today there were no conditions, which is the truth. President Trump told me he made it quite clear to the Taliban leadership that if they did certain things, they would be killed. That's why the Taliban's march began right after Biden took over. That's all I can report. Wayne, concierge member, Biden blaming Trump is pathetic. The president has literally torn to shreds every single policy Trump put in place, including the agreements with Mexico and other nations. Absolutely. He didn't have to wasn't locked into anything. Biden was not locked into anything. Charlie, I saw on the No Spin News a Joe I could trust, Joe Lieberman. I know the senator is an independent, but he was a Democrat in the past. Why can't the Democratic Party put forward others in the mold of Joe Lieberman? Because the far left has seized control of the party, and the media enables that. That's your answer. George Hunky, Ludington, Michigan. My understanding, though I am a mooncalf, there you go, word of the day, is many in Afghanistan are dual citizens and are forced to choose between leaving family behind to save themselves. That is true. A lot of the Americans hold dual citizenship that are there now. Daniel Duran, Flower Mound, Texas, great coverage of the Afghan debacle. One question about the wisdom of abandoning Bagram. Isn't it so far outside Kabul that many people couldn't get there? I don't buy it. There's a corridor that could have been secured and Kabul could have accepted many, many more flights and it would have been more difficult for the Taliban and the terrorists to get there to kill 13 Americans. Keith Simpson, Chester, Maryland, we need a national rally cry for Biden's resignation. Not going to happen. Come on, 50 percent of the people is not doing it. Not going to happen. David Curry, what is your beef, O'Reilly, with Mercedes-Benz? Can you give us more info? They are a leader in the cancel culture, the Mercedes Corporation. All right? They bail at the first sign of any controversy. No due process for that. And if you research Mercedes, you will find a linkage to the Nazi party in Germany beginning in the late 1920s. Never would I ever business with them. 
James Thule, Cottage Grove, Minnesota. I'm sending you this message, Bill, on a personal level. I was one of those people that was hesitant to get the vax. I get the flu vaccine every year, but the COVID vax was experimental. As the summer went along and I listened to your common sense, I did wind up getting the vax. My parents, on the other hand, did not and said they were never going to get it. They get some of their news and information from YouTube, and I feel propaganda is damaging them. After listening to some of your reports on the Delta variant, I told my wife it would be a good time for her to get the shot, and she did. But during that time, both my parents have been hospitalized with COVID. My mom is now in the ICU. Prayers for you, James. I'm so sorry about your elderly parents. They should have gotten vaccinated. You can't force them. But I'm glad you and your wife did. And I'm glad I could contribute to that. Okay, so the Trump show, everybody's been asking me about it now because of Afghanistan. Yes, that will be one of the top topics with President Trump in the history show. There are the dates. All right. Nice seats are available, but VIP seats are sold out in all four venues. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll put you right over to the box offices. It'll be an unforgettable experience. I guarantee it. Word of the day, don't be a bluter, B-L-O-O-T-E-R. This is a Scottish word, bluter, but it's a good word. Okay, another quick break. Back with a final thought. Are you a narcissist? Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, narcissism was on display with Joe Biden's speech yesterday. I didn't do anything wrong. No mistakes were made. Nothing that we didn't know. We were prepared. What a bunch of bull. Now, a narcissist will never admit a mistake. First attribute. If you know people in your life who will never admit mistakes, they are narcissistic. The definition is an extremely self-centered person who is an exaggerated sense of self-importance and the disorder, it's a mental disorder, is named for the mythological figure Narcissus who fell in love with his own reflection. Okay. Now, is President Biden a narcissist? I don't know. And it would be wrong of me to call him that. But I can say with certainty that his speech on Afghanistan yesterday was narcissistic. Can you imagine saying to the world, we didn't do anything wrong in evacuating Afghanistan when 13 American service people are dead? That is an insult to their families. That did not have to happen. If you had taken your time, if you had provided security on a number of levels in Afghanistan, and we have gone over all of this, 
if you had not been impulsive, if you had thought about unintended consequences, all of those things, you would have been much better prepared to leave that country with all Americans and all the Afghans that helped us over a 20-year period. But to rush out of there in a chaotic fashion, and you didn't make any mistakes, no miscalculations at all, Mr. President, that's narcissistic. Now, in your life, if you know someone who will never admit a mistake, stay away. Because this ripples. And if that person is close to you, has access to you, and you get on their wrong side, there's going to be trouble. Now, that's the best advice I could give you. As far as Joe Biden is concerned, most Americans know he is not functioning in an effective way as president. Right now, his daily job approval is about 40%. A lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats, a lot of people who voted for him in that um, other side, 60%. I think he's doing a bad job. And that's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because he's not coming back from whatever it is that has shrouded his thinking. Not coming back. Tomorrow we have Bernie Goldberg on how the media is covering all this. Thank you for watching No Spin News tonight, and we will see you tomorrow.